Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turn Buffalo Report. It is the night, the night you've been waiting The recap of all of before we do that. We're back. We are back. Back on the air, back on the mic. The big dog himself, the dog cast father himself, Joshua. What's up, buddy? What is going on, my dude? We're back. That's right. I said it in the last episode, nobody heard it, like a 1993 dinosaur. We're back, and you have to be a little old to get that reference. My wife didn't even get that reference. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Do I know what you're talking about? Like a 1990? Of course I know what you're talking about. No expenses spared. Folks, he is Googling it right now. No expenses spared. Okay, 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 my friend. Okay, my friend. Josh, what are you drinking on tonight, my friend? I'm drinking no other than a truly, I'm talking strawberry lemonade hard seltzer. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like those things. I'm not a fan oh, of the man. truly things, but the uh, I, I started drinking the, the lemonade ones. A little more fruity than I like, but uh, they're pretty nice on a hot day, if you know what I'm saying. The lemonades are good. You know what they're really good over? Ice. Okay. Next time okay. you have one. Like a spritzer. Next time you, yeah, yeah. Next time you have one, crack a little glass, put a little ice in it. Then put your truly on top because if you put your truly in the glass first and then put your ice in, you'll bruise it. You don't want to do that. You put your you ice never, in first. You never put in ice second. There are people out there that do this thing with all their drinks and they are out of their mind. Why in the Sam hell would you put in the ice after the drink? It's science, folks. You put in the ice, you put in the drink, and when the ice melts, it's a perfect ratio. It's science. You don't mess with something. The same person that puts ice in after they pour their drink is the mm-hmm. same person that fight of the that thought of the Fight Club on WWE. Well, that person should be hung. I mean, that's basically what we're coming down to. I, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you, I'm sipping <laughs> on that good bourbon tonight, baby. Mm-hmm. And I did put in the ice first. Don't worry about it. Looks great. Uh, there's also something else I want to point out, and. Uh, for you that aren't on the uh, uh, the video chat, which is everybody, I donned the black hat tonight. That's right. You are. For you fans of the Turnbuckle Report, you've heard me make a few references. I'm a, I'm a bit of, I got a bit of a country bone, and uh, I like to don a Stetson every now and then. Well, tonight, I've just been listening. I've been driving all day listening to J- Jim Ross, Grilling JR, all-time favorite wrestling personality ever. And uh, I broke out the black hat tonight. So uh, cheers you to you, to. my friend. Uh, cheers JR to Jim Ross. Ever, if JR is ever listening, uh, I'm not that pretentious. But if he is, from one black hat to another, here's to you, my friend. Cheers, JR. That's right, man. We are going to get into All Out tonight. Uh, tonight is the, the recap of All Out. I loved it. Great pay-per-view. Uh, great matches. Great card. Had a couple little flubs here and there. Um, nice surprises. There was one match that completely lost me. Uh, we'll get into that. Overall, I, I gave this uh, I gave this pay per view an A minus. Where were you at with this Ooh. big dog? A that's a strong rating for this pay per view. That's a very strong rating. A minus. That's up there. Mm-hmm. Me personally, mm-hmm. I give it a C plus. Interesting. Big dog rating C plus. That's that's a four point three six nine two seven five. That's a difference. A big dog. That's a big difference from what I'm yeah. I'm rating it at. 
Well, I, you know, okay. Before I, I don't really want to go match by match here. Let's just kind of get into this here. Let's get into uh, what the highlight of the night was for you and what the low point was. We'll kind of bat back and forth with that and see what happens in the middle. So let's go out. Let's come out hot. What was the high point of this pay-per-view for you? John Moxley. John Moxley, MJF. John Moxley retaining? Stole, oh, it stole a knife for me. Because even though MJF lost, which on the last episode that never got released because I screwed that up, I, I called that happening. And, and in fact, I'm not shocked, but I'm also kind of glad the way that it ended up working out, personally. John Moxley, as everybody knows, that follows the show. I have not been a huge fan, but I... This is going to sound weird. So, I never actually... Like, I, 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 I never stopped thinking of him as Dean Ambrose, okay? I just can't get mm-hmm. that out of my head. That's fair. You're awful Dean Ambrose, okay? Until I see a photo of Dean Ambrose when he first won the WWE belt and Dean Ambrose now, okay? And it really... I don't know, spark something in my mind that that's a completely different dude. You had a slick-haired, long-haired, baby-face greaser that I hated. And now you have a beard-wearing, short-haired-glaring, wine-and-dining <laughs> son of a gun that's rocking that gold. And although he's a hardcore guy, which I don't really follow, he's fucking worth watching. And MJF, yeah. you already know, he's in my top three currently. He's in my top two favorite wrestlers as of right now. Yeah. I'm just all well, about that. All the fans know from last week's episode. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> that. I'm totally over on MJF. Number one heel in the business right now. And in 10 years, will be the number one heel of all time in wrestling. Uh, that's quoted. The, okay. I'm going to get into it. That was also my highlight. And it has to be the highlight, right? This has to be the highlight of the pay-per-view. They got their job done. That means the AEW Heavyweight Championship is the the pinnacle of the business, the pinnacle of AEW. That's what it's supposed to be. You put your you put your title defense on the end of the end of the pay-per-view. Unlike what we see with WWE where they they will throw their prestigious WWE title right in the middle of the card or even open their open their, open their pay-per-views with it. Um, this is where the match was supposed to be. It was supposed to close the night out, and they killed it. These guys, I, I, I did want MJF to go over, and I gave a, a lot of reason why. One of those biggest reasons is I would like to see him cheat to win, and then we have an ongoing, um, we have an ongoing feud. I don't know, maybe even to full gear uh, in, in November. I, I would really like to see that. That's not what happened. I'm still okay with it. The match is everything that makes me a wrestling fan. That match told a story and I bitch and complain and cry and scream and yell until I'm blue in the face on this podcast about wrestling not telling a story. That was not the case in this match. MJF, I could hear an orchestra. He was, he was, it was a symphony. I couldn't call the shots. Even a jaded wrestling fan, I couldn't call the shots. I knew, I knew that you know he was going to do some dastardly things. I knew Wardlow was going to interfere somehow. I couldn't see it coming though. Um, well, you knew Wardlow was going to come in. He had to. You, he was going to play a part. And like I said, right. I knew Wardlow in the ring, uh, my precious, somehow was going to play a part in all this. Uh, it just didn't. The, the 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 ending of the match didn't make sense to me. It, it, it's fundamentals. Why in the hell does your baby face cheat to win? I, I just, I can't do that. I need, 
I need clear definition. If you're a baby face, call me old school. I don't really care. I need the baby face to be a good guy and I need the heel to be a bad guy. And I don't want mixing in the middle. I, I get right. I get that we have this whole this whole uh, movement of well he's he's stone cold esque in that way. He's that that baby face that's gonna break all the rules and you you can't hate you can't hate the guy, you just love him no matter what. Not me, man. Not me. He did not we put that stipulation that he couldn't do the paradigm shift for a reason. But he won on the paradigm shift because he cheated. Mm-hmm. No, the cheating is left up to MJF. Now, God bless MJF. He played it off like a like a master in the ring. Uh, I'd like to. I don't want to see this set end. I don't know where they're going to go from. What do you, where do you, what do you think? You think this thing's over? Or you think it's going to go forward? I really think that this is going to tie into the Kenny Omega Adam Page match. I really do. I Interesting. Think that, How so? I think that this is where Adam Page is going to kind of team up with Warlow and MJF, and they're going to beat up uh, John Moxley. And who's going to come to John Moxley's aid? Kenny Omega. And that's going to lead mm-hmm. to a, a tag match. Guarantee that. Okay, that's well. Why they had, that's why they had FTR win the belts. And thank God they did. Thank God they did. I am so glad that. Well, first of all, in this whole card, we had every title uh, being defended. The women's title, the tag title. and the, No, the TNT title was not defended. No, you're right. That, that wasn't defended at all. Uh, the but the nails were not. Yeah, defended. but the the, uh, the heavyweight title, all these major titles were defended except for the TNT title. Um, and the only one that had a hand change was FTR. And this is a perfect movement. Um, great match, first of all. Great match. I That is exactly uh, what I want to see in a tag match. These guys tore it up. They gave them a good 25 minutes to tell their story. It, it was awesome. The right guys went over. Seeing Tully Blanchard actually getting into the match. He sold it for me. When you see him on the out on the apron there, smacking the apron on those false counts, man, I just that took me back to JJ Dillon right there. I mean, he's playing that role so well. I can't help but to see some kind of resurgence of the four horsemen. And I know that's that's probably not what you want to hear, but I just it really seems like it's coming. I just I'm so over that. I'm so over the four horsemen. This four horsemen that I really am. Well, and, and you know, I agree that we don't need another faction in AEW. I agree with that. But the nostalgia especially in me, a reboot, the, especially a reboot of the Four Horsemen. But the kid in me wants to see it. The kid in me wants to see what the new Horsemen would look like. Uh, and FTR, they're a carbon copy of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, the Brainbusters back in the day. Uh, they're the right ones to go over. They went over, and then we saw some storytelling afterwards. We saw uh, Adam Page and Kenny Omega kind of tear it up a little bit. Uh, now, the, the guy has predicted this. He's the one that's predicted that Kenny Omega uh, would be the one to go heel in all this, and it looks like he's right. I don't know how that plays in with Adam Page, though, because the previous Wednesday on Dynamite, what do we see? We see Adam Page, like, you know, scuffle the match with uh, the Young Bucks, and he's really confused by that. So that made me really believe that Adam Page was going to be the one to go heel, but now it looks like he's a standalone babyface, and Kenny Omega's putting ultimatums at either either Adam's out of the elite or I'm out, or blah, 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 and he gets in his, his Suburban and drives off. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I mean... Does it intrigue you at all? I mean, I guess a little bit. I, I kind of felt like the tag team with Kenny Omega and Adam Page was actually burying Kenny Omega a little bit. I actually feel like Kenny Omega was 10 times more over when AW started than he is now. Okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not following you on that one. Explain. 
don't know. I just kind of, I don't, I just get the vibe that Kenny's kind of getting buried. I don't know. I mean, I really hope that this angle where they split him up goes somewhere. Is it but. the back and forth thing? Is it that one week, one week we don't know if he's going heel, the next week he looks like uh, some yeah, anime character of. out there? Kind of. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is for me. I just feel like he's getting buried. I mean, I feel like he doesn't have this. And that, that could be the whole crowd. What I want, to be honest with you, what I want is the, the crowd set up from WWE with the wrestling from AEW. If AEW, okay, so you want the Thunderdome? I do. I like that. I'm over on that. You know why? Because they fill, like, all the seats. Like, it's, it's literally like a whole stadium of TVs. But with the face, I don't know what it is, but it like it makes me feel like they're back in the crowd, and I'm getting right right back into it. And I so, honestly feel like the environment is better. So you like the Thunderdome more than you like the actual crowd at a ten percent? Because there's about five hundred people, five hundred people they're putting in the in Daly's place. Right. I, I I prefer having the screens. Listen, WWE is on another level when it comes to the theatrics of how everything looks. Okay. WWE goes over and out compared to nobody. All their shows are going to be the flashiest, highest end shit that you'll ever ever see. Mm-hmm. And they their their crowd right now is better than any other sport. Not yeah. even close. Yeah, I like not even close. AEW just kind of sticking with that same thing where you got like twelve people on the outside going, "Yeah, boo, yeah, boo." It's like, okay, we're not wrestling at the local armory. Okay, like, and that's where it's kind of it's. I'm, it's starting to lose me. I'm starting to lose yeah. me because you, if you guys remember, I was all for AEW because they're the first ones to put that crowd in there. Remember because they they were both doing nothing, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, that's that's hard. That's hard to watch. And then AEW brought the crowd in, and by crowd I mean the other wrestlers. And I was like, okay, I like this. It kind of gives it, yeah. it a little bit, right? Okay, but then after twelve and a half million years of this, yeah, I'm already over it. I'm already over it. So I'm like, okay. So I was starting to get really stale on wrestling. And then they brought in the Thunderdome, and I'm right back in. And honestly, I like it. I like the fake crowd noises. I like all the bullshit because that was what I was missing. And so honestly, I'm right back on WWE's page, and I like the Roman Reigns angle. So I well, mean, and I'll, you know what? I'll give you that because the WWE, if, if there's one thing that they've proven is, is that they are on the same level as any major league sport right now i.e. the nba and i know you're a basketball fan that's something you and i we both have a passion for basketball um i really like the digital crowd and the the piped in noise i like all that stuff i think it's working for the nba i'm really i'm really engaged in the in the playoffs right now um and the wwe took a took a page out of that and showed their production value showed that they could do the same thing so i'm on the i'm on the i'm on the brink with you on that one that uh that, that was really nice. The Thunderdome thing actually worked. The first ideas of it, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. But then seeing it on screen, seeing how they the wrestlers are kind of interacting with the, the TV screens, I think that's really cool. And and I think one thing, um, the crowds in Daly's place are packed at the top of the rafters. You still have the right. wrestlers that are around the crowd, around the, 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 the apron. But they're right. so far away that you don't have any of the interaction, right? I mean, we did have we did see Moxley come through, and some guy tried to spear him, and that, that was kind of funny. We were getting ready to see uh, once again a babyface Moxley hit a fan, and that would have been another play, another fun <laughs> angle. Um, but I digress. The WWE is taking those TV screens; they're taking the Thunderdome all the way up to the ringside, and I think that gives that that more natural 
wrestling feel that that we've all come to know and we all know that wrestling needs it needs that interaction so i'm with you on that one roman reigns is back he's got the blue ranger title he's got paul Heyman. he's got what we thought to be brock lesnar bringing breathing down his neck but we'll find out what happens at wrestlemania brock is a free agent the new hairstyle the guy looks cut he looks better than he has in 10 years get the vest off the dude for for, i mean come on The, the guy's he's 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 ready to go. He's chopped up. You know what I kind of think you... they're kind of going for here? Let's hear it. I kind of have a feeling they're trying to make him like John Moxley. They're going to try to make him that badass brute. They're going to try to get them their own version of John Moxley, and they think Roman Reigns is how they're going to get there. So they're taking the shield and mimicking each other, and by the way, they tried that with Seth Rollins, and it didn't work. So now they're going to try it with uh, Roman Reigns is what you're saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I buy him that way. Just off topic for two seconds. Speaking of Seth Rollins, do you get the feel that they're like, okay, you know what? We don't like the angle we're going with right now, so let's switch it up. And now you're kind of like a pirate. Like, do you kind of feel like he's kind of like a pirate now? Like, is that kind of the vibe you're getting? <laughs> he's Jack Sparrow of the WWE. He's Jack Sparrow because in then his like thing where he's like has the hand up, like his photo when they do like the verses. It's weird. It's weird. I mean, okay, that's and that's totally off topic, but if if Captain Hook was there, then Peter Pan come save me from that stupid ass angle, dude. I have no but, clue what they're doing with Seth Rollins right I don't, now. Oh my god, he is they. He is in a fucking limbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Coach yeah, ride to hell. No, it really is. And before we go any further, we we teased it. We talked about our number ones. Uh, the highlights of the night was definitely the, the Moxley MJF match for both of us. What was your low point? What was the point where you were wishing you could fast forward through this stuff? This is the reason why I gave that pay per view a C plus. So one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, his name's Evan Bourne, and he's one of the best high flyers of all time. And I've been wanting him to come back to either WWE or going to AEW so bad. And what does he do? He gets his chance. He comes to AEW as Matt Citadel. And his first thing in the damn ring, climbs up there on the top rope and has the biggest botch of 2020. Uh-huh. I mean, you Absolute can't hold that again. Those ropes are sweaty. Uh, come on. <laughs> I was just so bummed over it. But you know what I was also bummed about? You know how I don't like those stupid theatrics, okay? Sure. The I whole Mimosa match, the yeah, whole Mimosa yeah. match with Chris Jericho. I mean, they're going for the comedy, okay? that Chris Jericho is the comedy relief now of the whole show. And when he recently said in an interview that he'll never leave AEW, when he retires, he'll just be the full-time commentator. That's his way of saying, I think, without saying that, hey, guys, I'm just about done, and but I want you guys to know that I'm still going to be here for you. And I honestly want that. I think I'm Chris okay Jericho that. Chris Jericho has given us everything Chris Jericho can give us. He's put over everybody he can put over, and as much as I hate it, his time in the wrestling should be ended because he can still wrestle, and that's mm-hmm. when I think you should stop. You don't need to be Ric Flair. You don't need to be Hulk Hogan. You need to stop when you can and entertain us like we like. You are the best on the mic. Join JR. Yeah. Get rid of Excalibur. Get rid of Excalibur. I mean, isn't that the goal, though? We all want to do what we can do at a high level, no matter what your profession is. 
And you want to make sure you go out with dignity. You don't want to be a, a, a image of yourself of what you once were. So I could yeah. see that. I didn't get that feeling from the Mimosa match. Here's my take. Uh, the Mimosa match was actually my low point as well. So you and I are actually linked up very well on this. I think our highs, uh, we were just a little, I was probably a little more emotionally invested in the highs, giving it an A minus, uh, where you may not have been, you know, giving it a, a C plus. The, the Mimosa match, we've never seen anything like this. We had no idea what we were going to, what we were going to get into. But what, what I will tell you about this is anytime you have Jericho booking a match, I'm going to buy it because he's that smart. Because of all the things you just listed, he's put over so many people. He knows what he's doing. He knows the business in and out. He's been everywhere from Stampede Wrestling to WCW to WWE, WWF, then WWE, now AEW. He went over to Japan. He's done everything. There's nothing he hasn't done. So he's he's creating new things. I can't I can't fault him for that. I think the the thought of why not putting these two gimmicks together, the the little bit of bubbly and then the orange casty thing. Here's my problem right. with the match. And, and you know, I'm watching this with my wife and kids. And my wife is a low-key wrestling fan. Uh, I, she puts up with it because I, I'm a diehard and she, she watches it. Uh, and uh, I guarantee if John Cena came back, then she would be head over heels into wrestling again. But I digress. She even points this out. We're not two minutes into this match. And we're already not having a false finish, but we're already having a false throw-in. To the mimosa. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have a point where Jericho's got Cassidy lifted up and he can powerbomb him into that mimosa. And for some reason, he turned, he decides to turn and powerbomb in on the stage. Mm-hmm. Well, if the point of the match, if uh, listen, folks, I know I'm old school. If the point of the match is to win, then why wouldn't you capitalize on that? Right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you end it early? So I think they made too much of the mimosa too quick. It's kind of like you've got that out there, and everybody knows that's the impending doom, right? In the match, you've got to spend a good – what did they give these guys, like 15 minutes? I think, I think uh, they gave them like 15 I, minutes. Yep, yeah, they probably. gave them some time. They gave them some time on this thing. Yeah. Wait until minute 10 or 12 to start tantalizing the mimosa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, don't even pay that. attention to that. Make the fans forget the mimosa is even there, that the end of the match is even there. Right. But no, they went right to it, right out of the gate. And for that, they played with it too much. They, they got me to the point where it's like, okay, I know someone's going to fall in. It's probably going to be Jericho because he's trying to put over uh, Orange Cassidy. I mean, let's, let's just let this happen already. And it wasn't even that theatric when he fought, fell in. You know, I mean, it wasn't even a, a finisher. Orange Cassidy didn't even throw a finisher on him to get him in that mimosa. So, uh, overall, that match was a complete dud for me. Um, I don't fault the guys for trying. I think that's I think that's awesome. They're coming up with the new ideas. I mean, on this podcast for the last year, almost year, folks, uh, the Turnbuckle Report's been bringing you everything. You know what makes me sad? Yeah. Every time I see these new gimmick matches, I'm looking for that first Inferno match. I'm looking Ooh, for yeah. that first casket match. The first Buried Alive match. But you know the thing? Is that when these theatrical matches are made, they're made in the WWE, and some of them are actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. And those three, to me, stand out. And yet, when AEW tries to pull these out, they're pulling these just wild, backwards, just stupid matches. And it's just like, I don't know. 
I'm not much for well, look what you Look what you just said there. The two matches that you gave an example of that went over was a, cacti- a, a casket and the, the Inferno A cactus match. match. A cactus <laughs> Where you rope the and cat- dope them. <laughs> Those two matches were both choreographed by The Undertaker. Arguably the greatest of all time. So that doesn't exist in AEW. What I'm saying is you have to you have to try, and I'm okay with them trying. I'm okay with them having ten failures and then on the on you know going for ten times and nine of them failing and on that tenth time one of those work. I'm okay with that. I'm just not going to put it over to the moon like it was the greatest thing because it wasn't. It was a dud. And I think if Jericho was being honest with himself and even Orange Cassidy is being honest, they probably wouldn't be very happy with how that turned out. Now, we'll see how that turns out in the future. Will they go back to something? Will they go back to their feud? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm completely confused right now about where any storyline is going to go in AEW. I don't know if this this pay-per-view is a complete reset for them or if it, if it was propelling something. I didn't get the feeling that it's propelling anything other than that we now have a new number one contender in Lance Archer, which I think... I was I was watching a little social media during the during the pay per view, and I'm sure you were too. The minute Archer won, people were already going on saying, "Well, this means Moxley's going to win." And I didn't want to believe that, but they're so right because match that up. Now you have a number one contender in Lance Archer trying to heel versus heel defend against MJF as the champion. It wouldn't have worked. There's no way that would have worked. So they kind of tipped their hat there. Um, tip their their hand showing you know what was going to happen at the main event that could have been you know that could have been cleaned up a little bit but now we have Lance Archer with uh, Jake Roberts in his corner as your new number one contender uh, how's that going to turn out yeah I don't know what was what kind of what the everything's going on with that I don't know were you kind of into that 21 man casino though match I mean did you kind of feel like that was AEW's version of a Royal Rumble style, though. Well, sure, yeah. They're, they're, that match is uh, definitely Royal Rumble. The way they bring in the uh, way they bring them in, the main prize is number one contender for uh, not necessarily their flagship show of the year because I don't I don't think they know what their flagship show is. I think they want that pay per view to be uh, double or nothing. I'm pretty I'm pretty much thinking that because it's around WrestleMania time and they want to compete, but. They still have to establish what their big show is. What's their big their big pull? So I, I don't I don't know. I did get that feeling. Um, I just don't know. Double or nothing was their very first one, though, right? I'm sorry. Double or nothing was the very first one they ever came out with, right? Uh, well, that was their big one. Uh, technically, All In was their very first one. So All um, In was they, the very very first one. Yeah, but Double or Nothing is when they. Right before that show, they had announced they got uh, TV time on TNT, so that it had the feeling of a bigger pay per view, and that's also gotcha. when Moxley debuted. Gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to see what Lance Archer's going to do. I've, I've been over on the guy since he came in. I think coupling him with uh, Jake Roberts, uh, being that mouthpiece for him, is is working. And we need big guys in AEW. We need big, destructive uh, dudes and. Man, I wouldn't want to be in the ring with Archer. This guy just looks like he just spits out nails in the morning when he wakes up. He looks mean as hell. I think that's how they're trying to make Roman Reigns look now as a total heel. Is it going to work? I think so. I think it will. Is it working Honestly. for you now? It, it kind of is. I, I definitely like that. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious for sure. Ooh. You hear that, folks? The dog cast yeah. father's curious. <laughs> 
How about that? That's how curious <laughs> I am. <laughs> Are you curious if uh, Jimmy Uso is going to be the guy to take that Blue Ranger belt? Just stop. <laughs> Don't even talk about Jimmy Uso. <laughs> I mean, are they going to make this a blood feud? I mean, how, how's this going to work out? I don't know. This Ooh, okay. Just... Your, your reaction tells me you're not over on the Jimmy Uso thing, and we know that they're going to build that to hell in a cell. Okay, we, we get that. Um, you're over on Roman Reigns. You like the heel move. I'm giving it a chance. I hated Roman Reigns as a babyface, so why not give him a chance as a heel? I'll give him a chance. Who do you want to see go and take a real run at the Blue Ranger belt with uh, Roman Reigns? Anybody in the WWE? Because remember, they're they're crossing over at this point. It doesn't have to be exclusive to SmackDown. Keith Lee. That's an obvious answer, isn't it? Oh my god, that's so obvious. I I set that up for a really nice question so we could really get into some dialogue, and then you hit me with Keith Lee, and there's absolutely zero argument I have there. It is. So you have I mean, Keith Lee is who I want to have that belt. Keith Lee when, is one of the when best. When do you want him to have that belt? Because I don't think he's ready right now. I don't you either. think WrestleMania time. I, I really, I really think that I want to see Randy Orton put him over more, and then I want to see him run through a couple dudes. I actually kind of want to see him run through Braun, Braun Strowman. To be honest, I kind of want to see a, a a Giants feud. To be honest with you, that's kind of okay. where I'm going with that. I kind of want to see the Giants feud. Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, they're currently the two big guys. Uh, that's who I would prefer to see that go down. So let's look past Hell in the Cell and move it to Royal Rumble, which is my favorite WWE pay-per-view. Probably even more than WrestleMania because it starts building the anticipation for WrestleMania. A triple threat match, Keith Lee, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman. You buying that? I would, 100%. I hate triple threat matches. But, I mean, yes. I, I, I know would. you do, yes. and that's kind of why I teed that up for you, because you're you're kind of calling for that. In your answer there, you're kind of calling for a triple threat. I don't know. I, I prefer the one-on-ones. I would rather see Keith Lee and Braun Strowman, and then I would like to see Roman Reigns and whoever else. But... So with Braun, with Brock Lesnar's contract up, I mean, is this what their angle they're kind of going with Paul Heyman? Or do you think that um, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are going to be teaming up together? No, I think uh, I think Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar come WrestleMania time are going to have a Who's Your Daddy match. It's going to be a I'm Paul with, Heyman on a, on a pole match. I'm going to tell you this right now and be 100% honest with you. If yeah, WWE, and I, I hope creatives listening, follow this idea if you want. We, we're not going to sue. This is what you need to do. You need to get Roman Reigns in an angle where he needs help, okay? Roman Reigns, as much as we don't like him, everybody else does. He sells more merchandise than anybody. Brock Lesnar pulls more viewers than anybody. This is what you need to do to make money. You need to somehow get Roman Reigns in the role where he's blowing through people. And I kind of feel like they're kind of going with that John Moxley, MJF, if they were to fuse. That's what the, Bro- that's what the Roman Reigns character is currently. That's what they're kind of want to go for. So with that being being said, you need to get him in an angle where he's going to need help. He's going to need his Warlow. You know who that Warlow is going to be? Brock fucking Lesnar. If Brock Lesnar comes out and saves Roman Reigns, that would literally make them so much money, and the crowd pop on that would be through the roof. Can you imagine that? You have yeah, Roman Reigns fighting like 
Okay, get, get this. Get this. Wouldn't this be absolutely wild? This leads to a tag match where you got Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman and the, the Fiend. What does that do? Brings them together because what do you have there? You have the Fiend as the new Undertaker and you have Braun Strowman as the new Kane. So what would that give you? The new Brothers of Destruction. That's the angle you need to go for. And who are they going to fight? They're going to fight Paul Heyman's guys, which is going to be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. That's what they need to do. You wow! Heard it so first. I didn't even—I didn't even entertain the thought of Paul Heyman having his own stable of guys, mm-hmm. like a Jim Cornette from back, you know, back in the NWA time. Oh yeah. <sighs> is there more money in that, or is there more money in a feud? I mean, that's the ultimate question. Feuds—they're overdone. There's too many right now. They need to capitalize on this right now. They need to somehow figure out a storyline that puts together Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar versus the new Brothers of Destruction in Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt the Fiend. Because they could be like, well, what do you mean the new Brothers of Destruction? That won't make any sense. Oh, the Wyatt family doesn't make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, go. I see There's your answer. Yeah. No, because the Wyatt family and the Shield is still taking place, even in AEW, mm-hmm. with Brody Lee and John Moxley. That feud is still there. People are still tuning in. They may not yeah. be called the Wyatt family and the Shield, but yeah. I'm sorry. When I see Brody Lee and I see John Moxley in the ring together, that is the very first thing I think of. And they're not doing anything other than maybe changing Brody Lee's gimmick a little bit that, that would convince me otherwise. They, uh, it's the same character. It's the same completely. character. They put a suit on him. And that was it. Yeah. And don't mind letting him talk because uh, I don't think he can do that. No. They, Brody they Lee. Really hope, they really hope that he was going to be their fiend. He was going to be their Bray Wyatt, and he's just not. No, I think he. I think he's in ring pretty solid. Uh, the mic, he needs some work. I, I just. I don't. He's. He's not believable to me. And I know no. that – I know some people may be scratching their heads. You know, people tell us what the hell's going on with you. You know, the, the hat's fitting a little too tight tonight. But uh, I, he's just not believable to me. When I think of big guys, um, let's stick with AEW. And I think of big, convincing, uh, dominating guys. I think of Lance Archer. I think I think Luchasaurus. This guy is phenomenal. I don't know how was he, he not put he over or what? He was Holy put over to the fucking crap. moon on this pay per view, which which brings yeah. up the curiosity in me of why, what what angle are do they have for Luchasaurus? Because that was one of the biggest takeaways I got from this. I was like, mm-hmm. why did they just put Luchasaurus over to the moon? Because they did. Yeah, I'm ready for Luchasaurus to drop the mask and become a. Big mean badass, like their I mean, own version just, of uh, Kane. Yes, in a way. just just drop the mask, get some color on the guy that's not green. Have him busted open, persevere. I want to see mean. I want to see destructive. I want to see this big dude that is more athletic than I've seen any big guy in the business, and I I mean that. that you know, I've, I've been a wrestling fan a long time, Joshua. Yeah, I know. He Same. is the most athletic big dude I have ever seen. Period. Enough with the goofy gimmick. I get it. It sells. It sells T-shirts. The very first AEW T-shirt I had to buy for my son was Jurassic. 
I want to call it Jurassic World, Jurassic <laughs> Express. You know, there's a first one I had to buy for him because he's over on Luchasaurus and uh, in, you in think Jungle he's Boy, more so athletic it. than Brock Lesnar or the Undertaker? Uh, Undertaker, yes. Um, Brock Lesnar, I think that's two different kind of athletics because I guess what I'm trying to say is when I look giants. at when I when I look at giants, when I look at Luchasaurus, I say athletic in terms of um, acrobats. Some of the some of the flippy doos and all this stuff that he can do off the top rope, big guys aren't supposed agree to be able that. to do that. He's not; they're I not supposed that. to be able to do that. When when you're talking athletic, as in brute, get in there and kick your ass and you know kiss your mother for you. That's Brock Lesnar all day long. So I think it's two different kind of comparisons. Um, but I don't know. Is Tony Khan going to open up the checkbook? He's going to break the budget and bring in Brock Lesnar for for a run. I don't know. I don't know if he does that then. It's going to be very interesting to see what WrestleMania looks like next year with that number one competition. I'll tell you right now, let me make a bold predicament, and I know this is going off topic. Brock Lesnar signs with AEW by the beginning of the year. By WrestleMania time, AEW is now on Monday nights or Friday nights and not Wednesday anymore. You must have more than bourbon in your your cup. I'm I'm drinking a lot over here. Man, that's bold. That's bold, Cotton. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Hold it pays off for him. (laughs) <laughs> I just, I really feel that way, and I don't think it's out of the realm to think that that uh, Brock Lesnar would go to AEW. Look, I mean, come on, let's face it. Brock Lesnar is only motivated by one thing, and it's cash. It is, it is, it is not creative. He doesn't care about putting the strap on him. He doesn't care about, you know, what feuds you're going to have him. It's are you going to pay him? He is not looking for a long term deal. I could see him going maybe to New Japan. He's already flirted with that idea, i.e. AEW. That's what's making me think of. What did John Moxley do before he went to AEW? He did a stint in Japan. What did, what did uh, uh, Jericho do? He did a stint in Japan, and then they came to AEW. Lesnar's already got the stint in Japan under his belt. I could see him going, going all out, no pun intended, and going with AEW. Let's say he signs for six months. I guess the question is, if he does that, is is Vince McMahon bringing him back? Or has he put the black mark on Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar gets the pass, right? He gets the free pass. I would say so. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if I've got you convinced there, big dog. I know that I've been to bold statements here. And uh, as you said, uh, my cup is, my cupeth runneth, emptieth, my, my friend. Whether you're heel, whether you're babyface, you do you.